Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Back to the Johnny B Show. Friday night, one hour left to go. 102.5 The Bone. Phone lines are open, 727-579-1025. Man, still on cloud nine over the Rays. Moving on to the ALCS against the Cheaters of Houston. Very excited. And I got to tell you, Will, I said it during the break, but we needed this. Tampa needed this. Definitely. After you jinxed the Bucks, I did not on Thursday. You did. How? You absolutely did. What did I do? I said Nick Foles sucks. Yeah. I still think he sucks. Well, he beat the Bucks on Bitch. Thursday. He wasn't the only one. Um. Normally on Monday nights we have Rhett Matthew from the Can of Fire podcast on, and we will continue to do so. He hasn't been fired. Don't freak out. Um. Ten o'clock every Monday night. Well, tonight, a very special. Friday night, because the Bucks played last night on Thursday night football, uh, we have Red Matthew with us now. Hey, buddy. What is going on, fellas? Uh, how are we feeling after that Rays game? Uh, like Good, I said, man. we need Relieved. It. After Johnny jinxed the Buccaneers, Red, on Thursday night with his <laughs> with his Nick Falls sucks and the weather. Hey, Mother Nature. Poor Louisiana got tortured. This is payback because nope. he tortured the state of Louisiana with his trash talk on Mother Nature Said Nick Foles sucks. Well, guess what happened? Nick Foles came into town, or we at his own town, and beat us. <laughs> he came Whatever. Into his own town. Came into his own town. I don't think he's from <laughs> Chicago. I'll be honest with you. Well, he's sure he has an apartment. There. Whatever. I think Cam Brate's from Naperville, which is close to Chicago. Okay. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, Rhett, um, how are you feeling after last night's game? Oh man, I have tried my best to put that behind me. To be honest with you, I'm I'm glad that we're talking about it. I'm glad I've got the opportunity. But it's just a game that I think everybody, you know, the Bucks fan base, the Bucks organization themselves, everybody just wants to forget that. Yeah, I think the NFL should be embarrassed that they allowed that officiating crew to oh. go out there and and look like that on national TV. Yeah, I think a lot of people involved. I think even the Bears, like I think they should feel bad for winning that game the way that they did. There's just you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, I thought I felt better, and then the more that I talk about it and the more that I go back and I think about it, I just get pissed off again because that's all that game did. It was like, you know, me and Bree were watching the game. Triple zeros happened. Game was over. I don't even think I said a word to her until we went to bed. Oh. And, I mean, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't her fault, obviously. But right. I just – it just made me a, a – I don't know. It just made me a cranky jerk for two days and – it's heart wrenching. Yeah, that, that's the best I can describe it. Yeah, it is very, very. It's it's. I, look, Thursday night football sucks. All right, the NFL, yeah. the, you greedy sons of bitches, stop with Thursday night football. It's a horrible, horrible product. It's the worst. All right, you got to these players beat themselves to death on Sunday. Then you want them to get ready uh, for a couple of days and go do it again. It's ridiculous. It's not fair. It sucks. It's not safe for the players' health. And you know what you get? You get sloppy ass, horrible football. Every every NFL player and coach has been saying this since they started it. Yeah, they hate it. Now, if this game was played on a Sunday, do you think the we, outcome would have changed? 
It depends if Vegas gets yeah. involved again. Mm-hmm. Depends. You know, if, if you have a different officiating crew. And I hate, look, I hate uh, the blame game. I hate people that blame the officials every single time. I'm not that fan. I really ain't. But we all saw that game last night. We saw the, the phantom calls. Some of the calls, you know, we deserved. But they should never affect the outcome of a game. Like, you see this in, in other sports where the referees have this, this sort of unwritten kind of code that you don't make a call that's going to affect the outcome of a game. Now, if I remember correctly, we were doing a show while we were kind of watching it on the side, but it was like third and 29 when they made that call on Shaquille Barrett that was a rough in the passer that the entire world agreed was not a good call. Even Bears fans yes, said that yeah. was not a good call. And there was a friend of mine who's a Bears fan, and I said that rough in the passer call, then the game was bullcrap, and she went, yeah. Yeah. I, I know, but, you know, what is this? I will take it. You know, obviously, you go, yeah, of course. You know, enjoy, but what, that was a giveaway there. What's crazy, too, is that after the night that the referees had, I, I mean, it was an awful night, but that penalty, like, that was it. If they don't call that, Bucks win the game. That's game. how crazy it is. I mean, it, you know, the sloppy football aside, the rest of the horrendous calls aside, they had multiple bad pass interference. They weren't calling holding again. Oh, my Either God. They got held to death. Yeah. I mean, it was just – it was absolutely disgusting. And listen, nothing's going to get done about it, which is the sad part. You know, the Buccaneers could obviously complain, and I'm sure the commissioner and the rest of his people, all of his yes-men will look over the tape and say – yeah, you know, that's really effed up, and then nothing will happen. You know, it's not like they're going to fire those guys. It's not like they're going to reverse the decision of the game. Right. But I think the Bucks have a legitimate case to just be like, hey, why don't you and some of your higher-ups take one more look at this game? Because that officiating job, while it did not lose the Bucks the game, they definitely did that themselves for the most part. But that officiating crew was just, I mean, it was it was one-sided pretty much all evening, and it was it was hard to watch. Yeah, I think I think there was so many things that played into the loss. I mean, yes, the officials were garbage, but at the same time, the play calling was confusing. I don't even know how to criticize. I'm still kind of baffled by some of the play calling. I don't understand going for it on fourth and one at your own twenty, and then later in the game not going for it on fourth and one uh, when you can pretty much seal the victory at that point if you get that. And if you don't get it, I, and we're, we're, I think we're at their seven-yard line or eight-yard line. It's it was, hard to leave points on the – I mean, well, you got guaranteed points. Well, here's the thing. If you don't points. get it, there's five minutes left and your defense yeah, can I, keep them down there and, and bring you back to field goal pos- you know, position. I get, I get the strategy, but I, I, it's I, hard yeah. to leave points you know, behind. I'm just, I'm just saying, what? man. What was infuriating about that whole ordeal about the fourth and one is that since day one that Bruce Arians has been Bucks head coach, everything everything on the damn T-shirts, everything he's been preaching about this offense and their style of play calling is no risk it, no biscuit. Yeah, aggressive. Well, I hate to say it. I love Bruce. I don't think this staff needs to be you know fired like some people are saying after no. loss number two. Let's just put that in perspective, by the way. Right. Only the second loss of the season. But no risk it, no biscuit goes for it on fourth down right there with the game on the line. If you don't get it, your defense was in well enough shape to get Nick Foles and the offense off the field. Because the very next drive, that's what they did. Right. The next drive, if I remember correctly, was when that terrible roughing the passer happened. Yep. Nick Foles and the Bears got a first down. They went three and out. 
Buccaneers got the ball back, and they held on to it for 16 whole seconds before oh giving God. it back. And, of course, Cairo Santos, the guy who couldn't kick anything in Tampa, was Mr. Automatic all night long, and he put them up with a little over a minute left to go. So, yeah, just a terrible series of football, undisciplined football from Tampa Bay, and definitely some questionable play calling at a few times. Yeah, I just don't understand. When we, when we need to, to burn off some clock, we burn off 16 seconds calling pass plays. And, like, okay – even though Ronald Jones was the shining spot last night, another 100-yard game, um, and, you, and, you, and you think, let's run out of clock, let's give it to Ronald Jones, but they're going to stack the box, obviously. So why not call a screen there, let them, let them, let them stack the box, and, and get somebody out on a, on a bubble screen or get Ronald Jones out or, or somebody out on a screen and, and let, let, you know, play to the, to, to the strength um, of their defense – I just the play calling was so weird to me in that it was almost like the it was almost like it was uh, the WWE and it was scripted. It really felt that way. It felt like somebody wrote this down ahead of time to where it was going to be this one point game, and it, it just seemed so weird and odd how a lot of that played out. And like you know, even with like Brady's accuracy on some of the passes, I was like, what is going on right now? Like I told Will we were live on air while the game was on, and I said. Did they just leave Tom Brady a minute and 13 seconds down by one? I said, Tom Brady doesn't lose a game with a minute and 13 seconds left, only needing to get in the field goal range. I go, this game is, we're going to win this game. And then he came out and looked insane. It was crazy. Now, I know he was getting murdered all night because Donovan Smith was uh, was a goddamn saloon doors all night long. Uh, but, But still, like... I, it's Tom Brady. We need now, him. Rhett, did you, I, were they not double teaming Khalil Mack? What what happened there? You every once in a while you would see a tight end come in, usually Gronk, and they would kind of help Tristan Wurst chip up on Khalil Mack. Now I don't particularly remember how often they switched him around the line. I think sometimes he lined up on Donovan Smith, other times he would yeah. line up on Tristan Wurst. But for the most part, he was on Tristan Wurst. And, I mean, you know, even when they sent a tight end out there to help him, Tristan Wirfs just had a bad night. He had his worst game in the NFL, which I'll say this, you know, is kind of a blessing that it took this long because for it to happen against a guy like Khalil Mack, I'm not exactly upset. You saw what happened that one play. Right. Khalil Mack backed Tom Brady with one hand and then looked at Tristan Wirfs and just flipped him over like he was some doughboy. Like, that was grown man strength on display from Khalil Mack. He is a freaking nature. I'm not too upset with Tristan Wurst, but to basically sum it up, yeah, that offensive line and both of the offensive tackles in particular, regardless of if there was a tight end out there helping shift the block, they did Tom Brady zero favors on Thursday night. Man, the the replay that keeps playing over and over in my head is when – when Khalil Mack basically just did an inside move on on Donovan Smith, and he looked like he was just standing there uh, as a spectator, and he he lay, he gets all, he's all over Tom Brady, and and then for some reason Donovan Smith walks over and touches Khalil Mack on the shoulder. Like I don't know why you're tagging him down. I don't know what you're doing. And then Brady looks over at at at, at Smith, and his face said it all. Like. <laughs> Are you effing kidding me is the look he gave him. Like, I thought he was going to fire him. I thought Brady was going to go, hey, 
I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but you're fired, bitch. Get out of here. Let's bring in Hague or Hogue or whatever the hell this guy's name is. You're done, turd. You're the worst. Two false start penalties in a row on a, on a, on a drive that we need. Well, what is going on? It's insane. And, and speaking of, you know, speaking of just penalties, that offensive line definitely counted for a lot. But on the night, the Bucks had 11 penalties, and they gave up 109 yards of right. field position. Mm-hmm. That's a free touchdown. You, you know what I mean? That is it, but, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But and how a lot many, of it was from undisciplined penalties. Well, but how many did we deserve, though? Because even though Ryan, that's Je- also fair. Ryan Jensen is a hothead, I get it. But that headbutt was not a headbutt. That was two guys talking smack in each other's face, and their face mask happened to bump into each other. It wasn't a headbutt. That was a horrible 15-yard penalty that cost us a first down. Jensen does that every week, man. It, you know, that's that's the name of his game. You see it all the time. He's yeah. a hothead. He's a badass. But he does it to get those other guys on the defense riled up. He loves getting under the skin of players. Mm-hmm. But the most interesting takeaway about that series of events is that Ryan Jensen obviously got the flag. And then, what, like four or five plays later, he saw a player on the Bears defense do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it just – oh, man. Yeah, there's just – there's a lot of factors, and, you know, we're talking about it. It's hard to pinpoint everything because, you know, the undisciplined football, the referees being an absolute BS. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just – it was a mountain of things that – I, I Here's don't know. another, I here's say another thing, and I – I don't prime time, but the, – The other thing that I saw last night, and I, did, I have heard nothing from it from any of the media sources, and I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm wrong on this, but – I am. I'm pretty sure I saw at least three illegal pick plays from receivers from the Bears last night, uncalled. There was one that was a, a wheel route that ended up being a. It was a great touch pass by Foles, and it got him a first down. They had to have, but clearly, uh, it was a, there was a pick. I saw it happen, and I'm yelling, watching it, watching the game, and I don't remember which players were picked. But there was a linebacker, obviously covering. I think it was Levante, maybe, but covering the running back coming out of, out of the backfield, and he was picked by the receiver. And I don't know if, the, if there's a there's this thin line between, you know, running a route and running an illegal pick and how they how it's determined. Maybe I'm wrong on it, but I saw it happen three times last night, and I, every time I was like, there was one where uh, it was overthrown, Foles overthrew him, it was in the first half, and I believe the the announcer, uh, the, one of them, I believe he even said, well, that looked like a pick. But it was, but it was, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter because they're going to punt anyway. It does matter because if they get away with it, then they're going to get away with it again. It needs to be nipped in the bud right then. The refs need to go. Uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not going to let you pick these guys tonight. We, we see you, but it, it wasn't called. And then I saw it happen again, and one of them was a huge first down. And like I said, maybe they've changed the rules a little bit so they allow them to hit the guy in coverage. I don't know, but it it was there, and there was no call. And it just seems to me that's that's uh, it's not fair, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, there were you know one more questionable call that I wanted to bring up. It was a defensive pass interference on Carlton Davis, mm-hmm. who's covering Allen Robinson. And I don't know if you remember the play in particular, but Nick Foles threw off to the sideline, and Nick Foles taking a deep shot usually doesn't work out. So the ball was like ten yards off the receiver. Like not catchable yes, whatsoever. I do remember that you one. You know, it was not gonna it was not gonna get there. Allen Robinson is not gonna make that catch. And Carlson Davis had played it pretty perfectly. Like you know, Robinson had gone up to look for the ball. 
Davis was right behind him, kind of ran into him. You know what I mean? He caught him on the sidelines, whatever. They throw the flag, pass interference. It wasn't even a catchable football. And the fact that, you know, I think what made it worse, too, and what really pissed me off more about it, and then you've got Joe Buck and Ethan Troy Aikman in yeah. the booth. Just, oh, yeah, you know, that's a great call by this officiating team. I think they're doing a great job out there noticing something that a lot of people don't notice. And Jesus, it was, Frank Caliendo, you were oh, nailing man. that. That's a, that was <laughs> Joe Buck all day. Really weird. Was it really? Oh, I mean, no. I wasn't even trying, bro. No, I can't bad. stand that guy. Yeah, no, yeah, daddy's boy, bitch. Uh, anyway, um, I'm just kidding. I, I don't, I don't. I'd rather have them than uh, than and uh, whoever the hell else was there last week uh, announcing the game. So basically, like when I looked at the schedule before the season, this was a game that we needed and, and really had to win. And I know we're three and two. I know it's one loss, and I know we can easily bounce back. But I'm looking at the schedule down the line, and. Yes, we have winnable games. Uh, okay. Somehow the Bucks are favored over Green Bay right now in Vegas. If you go look at the lines, I don't know. I don't know how, but we are. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they know something I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, maybe there's somebody. Uh, I have no idea how, how they determine that. But then we have, we have Las Vegas, who they've, they've been having a couple rough weeks in a row. They, uh, they're not looking as good as we thought they might look, but – you know, then we got the Giants. We were supposed to beat the – we got to beat the Giants. Got to beat them. Oh, man. But then oh, – you have to. But then we go through the Saints again coming here. Uh, Carolina looks a lot better. They're 2-2. Two and two. Um, Then you got the Rams who look better too. Then we got the damn Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, we, we need to stack wins before we stack some losses. And this Bears game, we needed to win. I mean, we we do have an easy patch after after Kansas City. We have a bye, and then we play Minnesota, who I think is very beatable because their best player plays into our strengths, which is the run game. Um, then we got the Falcons and the Lions and the Falcons to end the season. If we can't run that table, I don't know what the hell we're doing talking about being Super Bowl contenders. So with that Bears game, we win that. I think it. I think it almost locks us for the for the playoffs because I, I think mathematically, I read this. I think Greg Allman posted this last week. Four and one teams make the playoffs. I think eighty seven percent of the time. I'll take that math all day long. Uh, I think the Bears are going to be the thirteen percent that don't because I really think they are the worst four and one team in the history of the NFL. I think it was crucial for the Bucks to get a win on Thursday night. Absolutely, it was a big game not only for you know just for the record sake, but when you're on a national stage. And you're a team like the Bucks. Let's face it. You know, normally they play on the national stage, and they're an embarrassment. People always look at them at the laughing stock of the NFL. Yeah. And I mean, you know, not much has changed after Thursday night, unfortunately. But it really would have been nice to get that win. I mean, they've got a ten day break right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saving a little bit of time for guys to get healthy against Green Bay. But I'll tell you that. You know, aside from obviously not winning that game, coming out 4-1 and one for the first time in, what, 15 years? Yeah. I was worried as hell about that defense. And I say it because they didn't make any adjustments the entire game. They were playing soft coverage on the DBs, and Nick Foles was just slicing and dicing with Ugh. chest downs, the quick slants, the out routes, whatever he could do to exploit that little corner of the field, he was making sure that it got done. And I think if the Bucks come out, that weak-ass coverage against Aaron Rodgers, 
he's going to set NFL records in Raymond James Stadium, and it's going to be embarrassing. Like, I, that, that's my biggest concern with this team right yeah. now because football is a game of uh, adjustments, and we really didn't see any of that. And it's not like Nick Foles had a great day. He sucks. You know, the one or two, the, the deep shot that he took was intercepted. Everything else he overthrew or just didn't connect on. So it wasn't like Nick Foles went out there and beat the Bucks. The Bucks' lack of adjustment, the lack of discipline, and of course everything else that we saw transpire is what helped them lose that game. But I was excited for this Packers game coming into the season. I am I'm so nervous right now, dude. I, I really am because I hope for the love of God, that we do not get exposed the way that I think we're going to get exposed right now. What scares me is uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's an old guy. What I don't know how old. I think he, is he forty. I don't know how. Thirty six. He's only thirty six. It seems like he's been in the league forever. He might be playing his best football right now, better than he's ever played. He is. He is. Uh, he's taking that team, uh, the whole weight of the team on his shoulders, and he looks. The, this first month of football, he looks so good. It's disgusting. So that does worry me because, you know, he has the intelligence. He has he still has the athleticism to scramble. And uh, if anybody's going to expose our defense, uh, I'm worried about Aaron Rodgers doing it. But, I mean, we have 10 days to prepare for him. We have a pissed-off Todd Bowles, a pissed-off uh, uh, Bruce Arians, and, and a super pissed-off Tom Brady because uh, every time I saw his face – on the sideline yesterday, he was throwing iPads, cussing out 350-pound dudes. Uh, Tom Brady is not happy right now. Oh, hell no. And I'll tell you this. I feel like we've been complaining since this segment started. Yep. I do want to talk about one good thing that came out, and that was Ronald Jones. My mm-hmm. man Rojo, for two weeks in a row, he has had the pressure on him that he's got to be you know, the running back. He's the only healthy running back. They went down Keyshawn Vaughn. He got smacked during that game. And two weeks in a row, he stepped up and had 100 yards on the ground. I'm expecting Leonard Fournette to be back on the rotation by the time Green Bay is ready to play. 100%. But I, I feel very comfortable if you give Ronald Jones 20, yards, or, uh, 20 carries a game. You know, Bruce Arian said with that running back rotation, he's going to ride the hot hand. And I think if Rojo continues to run the way that he is, sure, why not throw it to Leonard Fournette out of the backfield every now and again? But if Ronald Jones is getting you 106 yards on 17 carries, I'd like to see them feed him a little bit more, especially in the fourth quarter, because that's something they did not do against Chicago when they really could have used it, especially on that drive that they only had the ball for 16 seconds. But Ronald Jones is showing up and showing out, man. I really like what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, I think I think Thursday night football, back to, to, to how we started this conversation, I think it's it's garbage. I think I blame I blame the schedule for our loss more than anything. We had so many people uh, out that didn't have time to recover. I mean, you, you let us play the Bears with Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller uh, in that game, and they're done. There is no way they can stop it. Everything we said about the Bucks before the season, the biggest question that we asked anybody was, who are you going to double team? Who are you going to double team? Because we got Mike Evans, we got Chris Godwin, we got O.J. Howard, we got Gronkowski. Who are you going to double? And then you lose – a giant chunk of that arsenal, and they don't have to double anybody. You know, now they can just double Mike Evans, who was playing on a on a on a busted wheel last night. Um, so yeah, it it was almost like we didn't have Mike Evans because we had half of Mike Evans, and he still he did his best. But there was some routes where you know it looked like Brady threw a bad pass, but I think it was a combination of Brady being a little off and Mike Evans being a little hobbled. So 
It was uh, it was just a bad situation, and I blame Thursday night football. It sucks. Why would you put a game on Thursday night? People don't want to stay up late and have to go to work the next morning. You've been making us do it on Mondays for 45 years, and now you're going to add another weeknight game so you can <laughs> add to your revenue, you greedy sons of bitches. It's so annoying. It makes me mad, dude. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you could tell. Oh, no, definitely. I feel exactly the same way. And I'll tell you this. You know, the injuries definitely hindered the Bucks on offense, but it just it sucks for the chemistry. Because we talked about how, you know, I'd say the first five or six games of the season is going to be an adjustment. Brady's going to be gelling with his guys. And obviously, if you don't have everyone healthy out there, it's going to extend that process. And I really hate that, you know, by the time week six rolls around and we're getting ready for the Packers, you're still thinking that this offense is trying to get their chemistry down. I think last week against the Chargers, we did see Brady kind of get a little bit more comfortable. You know, he was throwing in some tight windows. He's feeling better throwing to Mike Evans. He's getting Gronk's wheels back under him. He's feeling better about throwing to Gronk. You saw Cam Brake get involved a little bit after Tanner Hudson absolutely crapped the bed on that first drive. Um, And I like Tanner Hudson. He's my guy. It sucks that the injuries are really kind of slowing down this offense being where I thought they would be at this time of the season. Yeah, Uh, yeah, the other thing, too, and I guess we got to talk about it, but do you really think Brady – didn't know it was fourth down. No, 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 no. I think I, I think he was playing the game. Mm-hmm. I really think he was trying his best to just take advantage of some officials that he knew were having a terrible night. Yeah, and he said maybe I can see if we can get five downs out of this. But on no. the other hand, me yeah. and Evan, if me and go ahead, like me and Evan talked about this, and I want to believe that he knew what down it was. But the throw that he made on fourth down was not a, you know, high percentage throw. Like it was, you know, it was one of those things where it seemed like he threw it up there and was like, all right, well, if we don't get this, I got one more shot. And it just didn't seem like a play that he would try to make on first down. And he said that in his postgame presser. He's like, well, I was thinking chunk yardage, not first down. So he never admitted to not knowing what down it was, but. I'm 50-50, and if you want me honest, I don't think we'll ever know until like 10 years after he uh, officially retires. As a poker professional, I have learned to read people for years and years, for you know, a couple of decades now, and what I got from it when he was holding up the four fingers and looking around puzzled, I think he was trying to save face. I think, yes, what he said is correct. He should have went for the first down and not chunk yardage unless it was a wide-open receiver. Um, I think he went to Old Faithful there and thought that, you know, if he threw it into a tight window there, maybe he'll get a call if he doesn't get the the ball somehow into Gronkowski, who's, you know, just completely blanketed by the defender. Um, I think right when he threw it, he knew he messed up. And I think uh, it was one of those things, like when you get caught in a lie and you're like, you know, a kid and immediately, you know, you're like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. What you're... I think he just got caught in the moment and he was just like, wait, wait, don't we have another down? And then look, the guy's not perfect. He's the closest thing to godlike in the NFL's quarter. You know, he's he's one of those quarterbacks that he's an instant Hall of Famer. The, you know, the, as soon as he uh, retires, uh, they'll have his jacket ready five years later. But uh, he's not perfect. He's going to mess up. And he was also getting pummeled all night long. He was frustrated with the with the officials, with his offensive line. He was probably not happy with some of the play calls that were coming into him. So he was having a horrible night. Like, the emotions were high. 
he was in a position he's not used to being in. And, yeah, it got it got to him. It got to him a little bit. But like I said, I think this might end up being a good thing. I hate to be that guy, too. He's like, oh, we needed a loss in order to. But I think this is going to fire the team up. I really do. I think this. I think this is our best chance of beating Green Bay is being pissed off. And I think, you know, had we beat the Bears, we probably would have lost to Green Bay, and the record would have been the same anyways. I think this is our best chance of getting fired up beating Green Bay and uh, and just fingers crossed that that uh, that uh, Patrick Mahomes pulls a hammy in the next, like, three weeks. You know what I mean? I don't want the guy to get COVID or anything, but I wouldn't mind if he was uh, hanging out with that super ripped State Farm guy uh, and, uh, and pulled a hammy, you know? <laughs> Right. I think, I mean, I don't know, man. It's tough to gauge a loss, but I think you are right. I think obviously the team's going to be fired up about it. They're going to be hungry to win. Oh, yeah. Um, it just really sucks because it, you know, somebody said it, I think, better than I could. But if you look at the game on Thursday night, the Bucks deserve to win. And then you look at the game last Sunday against L.A., and it's almost like I don't know if the Bucks deserve to win that game. Like, yeah, they went out there and they earned the win and they got it. But I, I I don't know. It definitely would have been nice to win. Um, I think they're going to be fired up. But I just I you got to see how healthy these guys are come Green Bay. You have a lot of time to figure it out. I am just I'm so worried. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm worried about the adjustments that are made, and I hope it can light a fire up under their ass. You know, I hope that it can be a little bit of a reality check for a lot of the guys in that locker room, especially some of the coaching staff, because. The lack of adjustments is just what concerns me the most, and that's what I'll keep going back to. But I really hope that it does motivate them, and you know, shows them that you can't do that much. Uh, you can't do that much more often, especially against better teams than the Bears. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Like I said, when I look at the schedule, um, to me, we look like a ten and six team now, which we we added a wild card team to the playoffs. That means we still make the postseason most likely. Yeah, I want to win the damn division, and we we could still do that. We really can. But, Absolutely. But that Bears game would have made it a little bit easier. But I'm I'm not going to freak out. All right? It's a long season, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to try to keep my head together and try to stay positive. I just think it's so funny how wishy-washy and how quickly the media can turn on somebody. Tom Brady was Offensive Player of the Week just a few days ago. He was, uh, he was being heralded by everybody. All the media that was crapping on him after the New Orleans game was uh, – was praising him like, oh man, uh, Tom Brady. Well, uh, he, he looks like he's 28 years old. And then today, everybody was crapping on him about holding up the four. My God, the memes that came out today. Uh, boy, my Lord, have mercy. I saw, I saw one somebody. You know, he's holding up the four. The 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 one that really hurt my feelings. It was a Bears fan posted. He's like, how many wins do the Bears have, Tom? And he's holding up the four fingers. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. So, I mean, this, like I said, let, let this be a learning uh, experience for the Bucks. And uh, I, I heard Bruce Arians today, and he sounded still pissed off. He's, he sounded mad at himself. He took most of the blame. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, Brett Matt, or sorry, Rhett Matthew, tell, tell everybody how they can find you. Um, on social media and how they could find and uh, download and subscribe to the Cannon Fire podcast. Absolutely, folks. So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. And if you follow me, I will follow you back. You can also check out the Cannon Fire podcast. We've got it up with video on YouTube. 
And then, of course, you can listen to it anywhere else you download a podcast. And last but not least, make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Awesome. Uh, also, if people want to see you with your clothes off, uh, do you want to give out your OnlyFans? Uh, not yet. Um, I still got to kind of figure out the pricing of that. You know, yeah. I've been getting some feedback that All my right. prices are a little too low gotcha. for the content that's on there. So, All right. you know, I got to find a good way that I can make some money and, you know. What's well, nice, but, man. Um, I, th- I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you giving me the, uh, the, 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 the bonus access code so I can get a free week trial. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. Nice. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, it's, it's nothing but good stuff on there. I'm sure it's something. A lot of us fat boys can appreciate. You know what I'm saying? Brad, you going to do the FanDuel with us this week? Yeah, good call. Oh, dude, I've got no money to do the FanDuel this week. It's five bucks. Yeah, bitch. You don't have five bucks? Uh, it's rough out here, bro. <laughs> I, uh, I feel, I feel it's like fine. It's probably already full anyway. <laughs> it's got four spots left. That's it. There you go. Four and that's it. All right, there you go. Uh, if any of the, the Cannon Fire fans want to look on the, on the Johnny B Show Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com forward slash the Johnny B Show. Uh, we run one every week. I normally post it on Thursday or Friday, and it's just a $5 little 15, 16 player little tournament. So we have fun with, uh, with the listeners. And uh, last week, Will got first and I got second. And the week before, I got first. So bring it, punks. Uh, you can find us, all the Cannon Fire folks. Um, I am Johnny B Comedy on Twitter, uh, Johnny B Tampa on Instagram. And uh, johnnybcomedy.com is the website. You can find all of my stuff. And that guy over there, home underscore made underscore man on everything. Uh, Rhett, look forward to talking to you this Monday so we can delve a little deeper into Green Bay Packer talk and uh, hopefully uh, be uh, enjoying a 1-0 ALCS raise, uh, uh, you know, win from Sunday also because uh, we root for all of our Tampa teams, even the Rowdies, who I don't even know play soccer anymore. Uh, Rhett Matthew, thanks a lot, buddy. Have a great weekend. Absolutely, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking to you. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. There you go. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, we will look over all of our tweets. We'll do our shout-outs. And one of you lucky, lucky sons of guns are going to be the top tweet of the weekend. We'll do it when we come back. It's the Johnny B Show on 102.5 The Bone. And now, back to the Johnny B Show. Johnny B Show, Monday night, 102.5 The Bone. I'm having a bad brain day, Will. I know, I saw just the chaos that erupted during that last break. I am, I am, I am tired. I've been tired for about, I don't know, the last five years, but I've been really tired lately. But you ever have a day where you just, like, your brain just isn't with you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times. Yeah, today it's one of those. Yeah, almost daily, yeah. Yeah. Not good. Uh, we're going to get to our Bucks break in just a second. Before then, we have to uh, uh, take a quick phone call before we get to Rhett on the hotline. Let's go to uh, our Tennessee correspondent on the ground. It is uh, PP Steve. What is up, PP? Well, right now, Johnny B, it's uh, very quiet here. Thank God. Um, very peaceful. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you're seeing there. It's bad. But... Hey, Big Will Coons. In the house. Oh, my God. That was uh, P.P. uh, P.P. Kelly. P.P. Kelly. I like it. (laughs) Man, I love it when he does that. 
Hey, I sent y'all a picture. I sent it to Johnny, spelled J-H-O-N-N-Y-B at gmail.com. Oh, is, is that it, correct? It's J-O-H, not J-H-O. That's oh, all. That, that's his favorite, Johnny. Yeah. Just go to the, the Johnny exactly. B Show website. Oh, now somebody's got a naked picture of me floating around somewhere. <laughs> Good one. That's funny, PP. You're funny, PP. Send that photo, PP. I want to Photoshop a dildo. Absolutely. Some people are already sending them with the dildos on them, which yeah. is very, very Saves handy. Me a lot of work. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Yes, kind. Look, if you don't Photoshop a dildo in my mouth, okay. I will be highly disappointed. <laughs> you got it, buddy. My pleasure, really. Well, make sure you're smiling with your mouth a, a bit agape so you look like you're not disappointed. <laughs> All right. No, Sounds I would good. never be disappointed by that. Okie <laughs> <laughs> dokie, yeah. Okay. What, what would your wife okay, think about I have that? Had, I have had like the worst Monday. Uh-oh. Um, woke up to emails demanding pipe on the job, and you know how it's hard to get pipe right. Oh, yeah. To the I, do. Yeah, yeah. I bet you do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, That's two in a row. <laughs> Come on now. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I'm hanging up now. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, so it's been a hell of a Monday, and um, y'all have just made my Monday much better. Oh, well, there I you go. I appreciate what y'all do. Anytime you're having pipe problems, you call in here, and we'll make it all right. Make it fit. Yep. Oh, I've got pipe problems every day, so. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Appreciate y'all. Hey, no problem. Bye, PP. Say it. Bye, guys. Bye. Not like Stephen go. Hawking. Oh no! <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah. Mm. Theory of relativity, whatever he says. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the hotline. After three days of stewing over a loss that should have never happened. From the award-winning Cannon Fire podcast, Rhett Matthews on the hotline. Hey, Rhett Matthew. What is going on, fellas? How are we doing? Oh, fantastic. How are you? I am doing great. I, I am doing better than I thought I would be at this point. Um, I-, I think there's no disputing at this point that that loss on Thursday night, it just sticks with you, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be that loss for the rest of the season because – it's basically the Giants game of this year, and, and I'll leave it at that because you know exactly what I mean. Or the Tennessee game. It felt more like the Tennessee game to me because we didn't get beat in the last second. Like like the Giants game where we had a chance with the field goal, this felt like to me where it was a bunch of penalties and it was uh, some, some phantom calls against us. There were calls that were never made against them. And the, the, last year, that Tennessee game, it cost us – like bad officiating cost us the game. There was the scoop and score. Um, I believe Adams uh, uh, on the uh, – I think was it a fake field goal or, or or something they did? But it was a scoop and score, and they called the ball dead when it shouldn't have been, and that was the Tennessee game. And, yes, of course, there was the Giants game we gave away. There was the Falcons game we gave away. So, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. And, I mean, all we can do is say this is a different team. And we have to bounce back. We're still 3-2. and two. We just have a little tougher road to go. But I'm looking at a schedule, and we talked about it Friday night. I think, realistically, we're still a 10-6 and six team, and I think that would be good enough to get in the playoffs. But you never know. We'll see what happens. 
I think you look at the schedule ahead. You know, obviously the Green Bay game is everybody's big concern. It's what's on the slate right in front of us. But after that, you've got a couple of games that you can stack together. You know, uh-huh. that's another stretch of games where you can go on a run. I mean, you've got the Packers. After that, you've got the Raiders, who have been playing some pretty inspired football. They just beat Kansas City in pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome fashion. But I think it's all about discipline moving forward. You know, I, I, I don't worry so much about this team building chemistry at this point. We're kind of, you know, we're far enough into the season where I think, yeah, there's still some things to be cleaned up. I'd like to see what they look like 100% healthy. I really think that takes them leaps and bounds having Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the field at the same time. But I'll tell you, really, at this point, what I'm worried about the most, worried about more than the defense, worried about more than the offense gelling, is just that discipline, man. I mean, it is, especially on the offensive line, it is absolutely horrid. Bucks are pretty much dead last in a lot of the penalty categories this year. It's a, it's a bad look. Yeah, I read Greg Allman, uh, he he tweeted out a stat, Donovan Smith's leading uh, the entire league in uh, drive-stalling uh I guess that's a new metric there that they have now. The NFL is uh, uh, penalties that, that stall a drive. And Donovan Smith, I think, alone has uh, half of the entire league's uh, penalties for offensive linemen or something I saw like that. It was a, it was a staggering stat uh, and, and another indictment on Donovan Smith. I mean, not that's just penalties. That's not the plays that he takes off where Brady gets laid out by Khalil Mack or – or, uh, you know, or where he just decides not to run, block, or something like that. And he, I think right now we're we're in a relationship with Donovan Smith, like a bad marriage where you like, you go, you know what, I'm not, we can't divorce right now. We, we have some holiday parties we have to go to. We're supposed to go to a wedding together. But as soon as we get through uh, this season – we're getting a divorce. I was in a marriage like that, and I think that's where the Bucks are now too. Uh, they're just they're they're going to stay married to this guy until they're they're able to uh, to go out and uh, start online dating and and what have you. So, uh, yeah, he's there's no way there he, he'll be back next year playing like this. There's no shot. Exactly, no guaranteed money. The Buccaneers don't have to take that out of their pockets. So, I mean, it, it's I, at this rate, I would say that you know he's dug himself a hole he can't get out of now. Mm-hmm. Bucks make a playoff run, and he's a critical part of you know keeping Brady clean during that. Then maybe we'll talk about it. But as of right now, you know, and I'll say this: um, we've talked about it on the show, and Evan catches a lot more flack for it. But you know, he said it best: Donovan Smith is just painfully average. Because let's face it: before this game, while there was you know the Donovan Smith holding penalty that is a standard in every single Bucks football game, it seemed like we weren't talking that badly about him. And, yeah, he was getting some tight end help. That offensive line as a unit played a couple of good games in a row. But it was just especially noticeable during the Chicago game. He had a terrible game week one. Yeah. He had a terrible game. He had a terrible game last week. And those are what stick out to you, especially a guy who is owed, what is it, like 14 mil on his contract, I think. You know, left tackles make a lot of money. And you're, if you're shelling out that much money, you want to make sure your left tackle doesn't leave TB12 flat on his ass. I mean – you know, we talked about it Friday night, too, but just the look on Brady's face says it all. And I, if Donovan Smith, for whatever reason, you know, gets bad enough to where they need to pull him from the game, I don't know if Joe Haig is the better option. Um, I don't know either. I don't but, know but how that would shake out. You know what? What You just said but, it, though. You just said it, like, one minute ago. Like, you don't want the common denominator to be uh, that the, the losses 
are the same games that he had a bad game. Like, so, uh, right. you, like, when we win the game, nobody's talking about Donovan Smith. Okay, because obviously he played better, and, and it, you know, when your left tackle has a bad game, I don't care what team you are and who your quarterback is, there's a better chance of you losing when your blind side is playing, taking plays off. And, and I don't know what he was doing. It was the same thing against uh, New Orleans. It's the games where he decides, ah, you know, ah, I don't really have to do my job all the time, you know. And, and he could be good. He could be really good if he just kept his head in the game and, and put in 100% effort. But I watched I watched the game over again uh, over the weekend and and I was enraged. I had to, I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I stopped in the third quarter because I'm like, this son of a bitch is taking plays off. What are you doing? Don't you? I I really think he wants to win. I just don't know what's going on. It's really really. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I think he just gets clowned, you know, and it's embarrassing. Like <sighs> you'll literally see him just like he's two whole steps behind the defensive lineman. It could be the slowest, fattest guy that they've got on that defensive lineman. Yeah. And he'll hit some elusive moves on Donovan Smith that'll break his ankles and leave him, you know, tailing behind. It is, it is absolutely sad to see. Now, as for the rest of this offensive line, you know, I know that they had some really good games. And obviously the pieces are there. I still think Ryan Jensen is one of the better centers in football right now. Ali Marpet, former All-Pro, I still think he's a great caliber player. Alex Kappa is looking okay. I would say that his first quarter of the season hasn't looked as strong as he did last year, but I guess – you know, we kind of just have to wait to see what happens. And then, of course, Tristan Wirth played his worst game as a rookie Thursday night. I think we're lucky that it took long enough for that to happen, you know. And I guess a guy like Khalil Mack, I'm not exactly angry at him. But this offensive line as a whole, like, I, I don't know who down there needs to start holding other people accountable. But to be frank, Tom Brady, I mean, yeah, if he's getting his ass kicked, he's going to say something. But he doesn't really need – to go on the sidelines and scream his head off at his offensive lineman. I feel like there's got to be one guy on that line who can just, you know, settle everybody's ass down. Like, I, I haven't seen that. And I know that none of those guys really scream, you know, um, vocal leader, but there's just got to be some people holding people accountable. Like, I know that there's conversations that are had that we don't know about, you know, stuff that's talked about in the locker room on the practice field, stuff that we as ordinary people are never going to get the scoop on. But accountability starts with the players. And you hear people talk about, you know, all oh, the coaches need to get range of these players and, and lock down the discipline. I mean, the coaches got to gain the coach on Sundays. You know, they can't be micromanaging all these stupid-ass penalties. It just it starts with the players, and that offensive line in particular, I would really like to see some more accountability because I just – you know, when they're bad, they're bad, and, and we really haven't seen anybody step up and try and fix it during the game. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of – and I'm, I hate to be the apologist, but there was a lot of bad calls in that game too. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, the ones that stand out to me are the, 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 the false starts, you know. But then there was, a, there was like a major false start on the other side that never got called. Instead, it was a, um, offsides called against us when the entire world saw it. So I will give them a little break on that. And, I mean, I also saw another stat that uh, Bruce Arians, uh, his teams, they uh, they always start off bad in penalties and they improve every year that he coaches them. So we'll see what happens there. That should start to level itself out, hopefully, you know, as the year goes on. Um, I, I Once you get this reputation of being a, a penalty-heavy team, 
the referees tend to penalize you even more. It's a snowball effect. I think that's happening with Carlton Davis. I think when the guy breeds on somebody, he's getting a, a PI called on him. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think we, ha- we have to play well enough to where we can, uh, we can absorb the penalties and still win. And, and as we cut the penalties down, you know, then, then that'll happen. But I, I think that there was a, we, you know, we already talked about it on Friday with the special bucks break, but there was a combination of everything that caused us to lose by one stinking point. So you cut down on a lot of the, the mistakes, the play callings better. And, you know, we got 10 days to prepare for green Bay. Uh, then, then the outcome could be a lot different. I mean, the, the NFL is weird. I don't know if you saw scores from yesterday, but, I mean, it really is all over the place. Teams that you never would think would play well. Have the Browns only lost one game? Like, it, it's a really yeah, it's a weird season. I cannot believe the Cleveland Browns are 4-1. and one. And, by the way, just a quick shout-out. It has nothing to do with the Bucks or really anything. But in that Browns-Colts game, there was a 101-yard kick return touchdown and um, that was Mr. Isaiah Rogers, who went to Blake High School here in Tampa, Florida, oh, yeah. a former teammate of mine. So shout out to my man, Isaiah. That was that was pretty damn cool to see. Most exciting playing football, man. Oh, very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, it wouldn't freak anybody out if the Bucks beat the Packers. Like, I think a lot of people already have yeah. a, have an L written next to us for that one. But no, no way, dude. Not, not at all. The Packers haven't really played a good, a really, really good team yet. So if we come out and play – Solid football, uh, you know, it, it can happen. I don't, I don't, I haven't looked at the spread as as of right now, but I think it was only three and a half or something the last time I looked. So it's not that big of a spread, you know. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, now, they, I'll, 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 I'll say this as well. You know, when it comes to the Packers, they're they're great right now. They're playing Red Hot football. At least Aaron Rodgers is playing Red Hot football, but they're not going to go sixteen now. Like I, this isn't a Packers. This is a Packers team that is going to lose some games this year. And I'll also say this about Tampa Bay. You know the bad disciplined performance that we saw on Thursday night. If we learned anything from Week One, I really don't think this team is going to make it a habit. You know we've seen this team kind of snap out of funks, at least from the small sample size that we have so far. But it seems like they're able to snap out of funks when they really, really need to. And I feel like they're going to show up ready to play and again healthy against Green Bay. I think this is a game that's obviously going to be closer than a lot of people think, and I'm looking forward to the Bucks giving Green Bay one of their better games of the season because I think, I think this is, you know, shaping up to be one of those types of games. Now, have you heard anything from, uh, from today's practice uh, uh, as far as uh, injuries and things like that? Do we have anything to report uh, moving into, uh, which is now game week? I mean, it's Monday. We got a couple more practices, then a walkthrough, and then before you know it, Sunday's here, and the Packers are here, and we're playing at 425 at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, can we expect some starters back? I mean, obviously, Vita Vea and O.J. Howard are done for the year, but we've had Godwin with the hamstring. We have uh, Fournette, who looked like the ankle was almost ready for Thursday night. Uh, Shady McCoy, I heard, is uh, back in practice. Uh, how are we looking there? Have you gotten some uh, some info out of, uh, out of uh, the Advent Health Training Center? I have not personally seen any updates, and I haven't seen an updated uh, injury report come out. But I can pretty confidently say I think you're going to see Chris Godwin suit up. And even if he's on the field in somewhat of a limited role, 
I I still think it just makes all the difference in the world personnel wise having him out there for this offense. Um, so I think Mike Evans should be 100%. Chris Godwin, if he's not 100%, I still think he's going to suit up and play. Leonard Fournette, they dressed him last week, but I think it's because, you know, if they didn't dress him, they really only had Ronald Jones, Deshaun Vaughn. Um, so I think Leonard Fournette is another guy that you could see. Justin Watson, haven't heard many updates on, but I'll tell you this, man. I have no disrespect towards Justin Watson, but I would really like to see Tyler Johnson kind of get the nod because I'd love to see a little bit more out of him. That one play that he had on Thursday night, just running people over, shaking off tacklers, that was some pretty damn impressive ball skills right there. Yeah, 35-year-old um, or 35 yards looked like a, like a young Chris Godwin on that play. Exactly, man. And, and that's why I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table because, you know, even as just a solid wide receiver three, having another outlet guy that you know is going to make the catch and maybe possibly break it off for a couple of more yards, you know, you can't use Tyler Johnson like you use a Scotty Miller. And, you know, when you talk wide receiver three between a guy like Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, it's just not the same. You know, Scotty Miller, I think he's best used as a complimentary piece. I really like Scotty, and I know Tom Brady really likes him since Scotty as well. But when you can get Scooter going full speed on the deep route when the defense is least expecting it, that's when he really works to his best. But with all that being said, I think Chris Godwin's a go. I think you'll see Leonard Fournette. But me personally, I would like to see a little more of Tyler John. Oh yeah, I think I think he's gonna get uh he's gonna get a lot more looks after that game. But yeah, I definitely wanna see if Scotty Miller will be back. Uh, you know, because I know he wasn't practicing. I know he's dealing with a groin and a and a hamstring. He had that last year, but I mean we need to have a full arsenal against Green Bay. Like I we can't go out there with that uh that makeshift offense uh that we had Thursday night. I mean, we we should have beat Chicago with it, but we're not going to beat Green Bay with uh you know, Cyril Grayson or whoever the hell his name is and uh and <laughs> Jaden Minkins. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. We need to have we need to have our big guns out there, you know. So and and hopefully Mike Evans isn't hobbled, you know, like he he can get back to full strength yeah. with 10 days uh to to get ready for uh, the Green Bay Packers also. So uh, yeah, we are talking. I think we're, that's okay. the. I think that's just the best part about the break. I wanted to add on. You know, I think it's. I'm pretty confident Mike Evans will be 100. Um, percent I think just you know, even though it is an extra two or three days, it means the most coming off of a short week. So I think this Bucks offense, or at least the injury report, will be a far cry from what we saw leading up to the uh, Thursday night game. Now the defense, uh, the, a lot of the uh, criticism coming out of uh, the Bears game uh, is that. You know, we, we weren't as aggressive, uh, or at least we didn't seem as aggressive as we normally do. Not playing, you know, a lot of press man coverage. It was a lot of uh, soft zone. Like, like even at one point, I even thought, well, hell, is Mike Smith doing a guest set here? Like, what's he, do you know, did we bring back the old defense from two years ago? Like, what are, what are we doing right now? And then in the second half, they seem to kind of turn it up a little bit. Uh, against Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of a, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you can't give him time in the pocket. But at the same time, if you're not super creative with the blitzing, he's going to tear you apart because he's seen everything. Um, so they're going to have to – I mean, obviously, I think I would rather go balls out and go 110 miles an hour right at his face than to just sit back and let us pick him – you know, let him pick us apart. Um, so what, what are you looking for as far as the defense on a bounce back? Because, 
I mean, they they really didn't allow a lot of points or anything, but you know, people people are still complaining, and not not just fans. I mean, I'm looking at um, you know Bucks media, and a lot of people are are questioning you know the play calling on defense from Thursday. Yeah, I'll say this, and not really due to any part of the defense. It's not that I don't trust those guys, but I think this is going to be a higher scoring game. Um, I think the Packers are going to put up more points on the Bucks than maybe anyone has this season, except for you know maybe like the Chargers. But I think this is a game that gets in the 30s, maybe the 40s when it really comes down to it. Um, but when it, yeah, I know Aaron Rodgers is just that good. Like that's the thing is that this season he is hitting everything that he needs to and. You know, we know that the Bucks are a team that likes to blitz a lot, so uh, I'm expecting two of those 50-plus yard touchdowns just because. Right. You know, we blitz so much that it seems like one score a game, we just kind of give up a bomb. Um, so they're going to be blitzing. I'd like to see a little bit more zone. I'd like to see more press coverage in the zone coverage because it, it doesn't – like you just you saw soft coverage, like you said. It was almost like Mike Smith was out there doing a guest set. Like I, I don't think there's any good reason to see Carlton Davis line up ten yards off of his wide receiver. And you know when you're being exploited like that over and over, I guess it's just about how the adjustments will be made during the game. If obviously they see Aaron Rodgers is you know just check down Charlie and he's really slicing him, dicing him up there. I sincerely hope that they recognize it enough to make some adjustments because that's what I'm looking for more than any specific game plan on how to stop Aaron Rodgers. Because at this point, I hate to say that there isn't one, but I think if they are going to draw one up, it's going to have to be damn good because that guy is absolutely playing like the MVP right now. So can they stop Aaron Rodgers? No, but I hope they make the adjustments needed to, you know, take advantage of some key moments. I hope. I look. I don't want Aaron Rodgers to get hurt, but I am trying to see who his backup is right now. Oh, it's uh, is it Jordan Love? Is that who it is? The first round pick. Yeah, uh, the first I, round pick. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's admit. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. They saw the Bucks on the schedule, and they're like, "Oh crap, we better uh, we better draft a quarterback because they're going to murder Aaron Rodgers." Uh, let me take this call. I think it might be a question, uh, Bucks related. Uh, Johnny B. Show, I can help you. Yeah, hey, so Tom Brady is the quarterback for the Buccaneers, and the Dolphins has uh, Fitzpatrick um, in the throw in Samoan. All righty, thanks. All right, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Very good. That was, pretty, uh, that was a pretty insightful one. Oh, I'm glad we were able to get that on there. Yep. Great content. Yep, you're welcome. Yeah, this is nighttime radio, folks, uh, for all you Cannon Fire fans listening. <laughs> you know, if you aspire to do anything in life that's uh, that's worthwhile, this is something you want to look into. It's perfect. Uh, Rhett, let's do our predictions uh, before we get out of here. Um, we have 425 kickoff, as we've been talking about for several minutes, the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers coming in. Uh, look, I don't know much else about the team. I haven't even watched the game. But uh, give us your real pred- – I know you said it's going to be like a definitely bet the over, but uh, wh- what's your prediction? All right. So, like I said, I think this is a higher scoring game. Um, I hate I hate to say it, first time this season, but I've got the final score in this one. The Packers 34, the Buccaneers 28. What? I know. I, I I just I think coming off of the coming off coming off of the break is gonna help. But Aaron Rodgers is playing like a man possessed. 
And if this defense cannot get a wrap on him early, then I think this is one of those games that could get out of hand pretty quickly. And by halftime, we're looking at a score of like 18 to 3, 17 to 3, just something ridiculous because. You know, obviously we're counting on this defense to hold up, but we're going to have to count on this offense to match Aaron Rodgers and that productivity. But those pieces healthy back on the field, I think they have a shot to do it, but at this rate, I'll believe it when I see it. All right. Uh, William? I'm a little more optimistic than Red is about this. Whole thing. I think they get 10 days to regroup and uh, get get things back rolling again. I think the Bucks do win this game. I think it is close. I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to say final score will be 34-31 Buccaneers. All right. Now, I'm not saying the Packers aren't great, but the Packers have beat the Lions, who they allowed 21 points to the Lions. Packers have beat the Falcons. Um, the Packers have beat the Vikings in a high-scoring shootout game. They allowed 34 points to the Vikings. And I don't think the Vikings have a better offense than the Bucks. I think they have a better running back than the Bucks. But that's about it. We have them beat all the way across the board on offense besides running back. And then they beat the Saints barely by a touchdown. And right now, the Saints are being beat by the Chargers as we speak. So, yeah, they're good. But are they fantastic? Mm, Not by the scores I'm seeing. And they beat two god-awful teams. So, yeah, I think they're going to let the Bucs score some points. I don't think their defense is what the Packers' defense used to be. I think it will be uh, a high-scoring game for the Bucs. I don't think the Packers have seen a defense like ours yet. I'm not looking at one besides the Saints. But the Saints, honestly, the Saints defense the last three weeks been kind of doo-doo. They're allowing a lot of touchdowns. I don't know know what's going on in New Orleans, but yeah, Michael Thomas fighting teammates at practice. Yeah, but but their defense, go look at the Saints, uh, the, the, the last three games, their defense has given up points, man. So, I don't know. I think it's a close game. I really do. I think, uh, I think, I also think the Packers win this game, but I think they win it 24 to 21. I think it's a, it's a heartbreaker for us. So that, I think that's what happens. Very, very sad. But yeah, that's my prediction. Damn. Yeah. Well, I know. I hope I'm right. I hope you're right too. Damn it. And I hope I yeah, get to eat crow. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Rhett Matthew, tell everybody how they can find you and your podcast everywhere that the internet is. Absolutely. So if you guys want to check out the Cannon Fire podcast, it's anywhere you download a podcast. You can also check it out with the video on YouTube, really the best way to watch the show. So make sure you subscribe over there. You'll get notified whenever we release episodes and all that good stuff. You can follow the show on social media as well, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all of those Cannon Fire podcasts. You can follow myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. And if you follow me, I will following you back almost to a thousand twitters on or almost to a thousand followers on twitter by the way so i just wanted to kind of casually throw that out there in case anybody feels like in case anybody feels like lobbing you know 80 followers to help you get there we're almost there very very nice um and for all the cannon fire uh listeners out there you can follow will and i uh will is home underscore made underscore man on everything except for instagram where he's been barred for hate speech and uh you can find me <laughs> On Twitter, uh, you probably have already seen me during Bucks games because I tweet a lot. 
And, uh, you know, I get retweeted by all of Bucks Media. So I'm very popular at Johnny B Comedy. Uh, and, of course, Johnny B Tampa on everything else. Um, Rhett, hopefully we'll be talking to you next Monday and it'll be Victory Monday, buddy. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, man. All right, pal. You have a great week. Stay safe. Yes, sir. You too, guys. Go Bucks. Bye. There you go. All right, let's take a break, folks. When we come back, it's Monday. That means meltdowns. If you're pissed off, I want to hear about it. It's the Johnny B Show on 102.5 The Bone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.